0: You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Have you ever had to save the city from a kaiju by using alien superpowers? If you have, then this episode is definitely for you. Because today on Systematic Geekology, we're going to be talking about Ultraman. We are the priests of the geeks. Meaning that we are mediators between pop culture and the Christian faith. This is not going to be a bait and switch. This isn't a trap at all. We're just a couple good looking guys who really like watching monsters use basic judo moves on each other.
1: <laughs>
0: and if yep. you enjoy listening to our show, then you should definitely head on over to Patreon.com slash systematic ecology subscribe to one of our tiers where you can unlock dnd playthroughs monthly comic book reviews and this this month patreon backers should be getting a movie review an exclusive movie review as well unfortunately there is not a tier that you can subscribe to that gives you videos of us just as giant monsters doing basic judo moves on each other
2: but Maybe we have someday. goals. Maybe something that's go- <laughs> patron goals. That's, <laughs> right. You know, life exactly goals for the new year. Exactly we can make that. Right.
0: I'm one of your hosts for today's episode, Brandon Knight. And today at work, I loaded nine thousand dollars worth of donuts onto a truck for a school. That's what I What did. does
1: nine thousand dollars worth of donuts look like? How many boxes Two, is that?
0: Two hundred. Two hundred boxes worth. And I was like heaven. Sounds like heaven. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, lately I have been watching on Apple TV plus the Snoopy show, which is the newest version of Peanuts cartoons. And I I feel about them. I feel about new Snoopy, like how a lot of people who grew up watching the Muppet show feel about (laughs) new Muppet movies.
2: Now, hey guys, I'm Will Rose. I'm a Lutheran pastor in Chapel Hill, part of the Systematic Ecology um, Illuminati of hosts. Well, we won't use an Illuminati, but we'll use like a, a cabal. Well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Justice League, uh, Knights of the Round Table. I don't know. Uh, but glad to be a part of this uh, circle of hosts, um, dealing out what we're geeking out on and having great conversations. And what I've been doing lately, um, I my my local comic book store has a weekly Online auction show they do on nice. Facebook Live, and they throw up, they throw up uh, current books, but they also do back issues. And lately, what I go in there to do is uh, I have my own pull list, but they'll throw up a book from the 1970s an obscure comic, whether it's mainline superhero or something I've never heard of, and whatever price they put up there. I wait to see if anybody grabs it. And if nobody does, then I try to talk them down a couple of dollars and, and grab that book. And I'm, I'm usually, I go after the, the most, um, kind of crazy 1970s cover that has like everything in the kitchen sink on it with word bubbles and thought bubbles. I'll, I'll find one of those and go, yep, I'm going to buy that online and they'll put it in my pool box and grab it. So that's, that's what I've been doing the past, um, few weeks and, and loving it, and not knowing that I have something cool in my pull list to to read.
0: What's been your most recent steal? I'm curious.
2: Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, I think I did a what if. What if uh, Thor fought Conan? Oh, and It's kind yeah. of a obscure, but yeah, it's not even on. It is such a good little book. Like they run in to Krom, okay. like Thor butts up against Krom and they have like this god- Duel and they question, oh, it's and then they fight, but then they become friends. They go on a quest and they come back around, and uh it is is pretty good. So for I, don't, I forgot how much I bought it for. I'm, I think I tucked them down a couple of bucks, and then there it was. It's pretty good. Nice. That sounds good. <laughs> uh, I
1: am Joe. I am another one of the uh Knights of the Round Table. I liked that one. I feel like we need to roll okay. with that one. Okay. Um and what i've been into recently is uh i've been doubling back on the boom studios run of power rangers that's been going on for the last couple of years and i've been doubling back and uh reading some of the stuff that i've missed on it and all of that and let me tell you, if you are a fan, and and we're actually going to touch on this later on in the episode, if you're a fan of like that kind of '90s era Mighty Morphin' team of the Power Rangers, like you need to pick this up. It is fantastic.
2: Nice,
0: <laughs> love it. All right. So again, today's topic is going to be Ultraman, and I'm really excited to be doing this episode. This episode is going to be for beginners because this is a very niche category to be geeking out on, although it's not like this is a brand new thing. This is a mega media out of Japan. It's been going since the 60s, the mid 60s in both print and on screen. If you go on Wikipedia, there's like a thousand little different spinoff versions of this show. Within the past five years, Netflix has done an exclusive version. Marvel has been running comics written by Kyle Higgins. I think the newest version is coming out later this year. I think it might be in March. Higgins is I don't know if he's writing it or not, but he's got a the new run is coming out in March. So it's a bit obscure. Granted, but it's out there. And I think our hope today is to get you interested and maybe check out that new series when it hits the shelves here in March. Joe, in our group chat, you have made it very clear that you are very excited to be here to talk about this. So why don't you lead us off then? Why? Why do you like Ultraman so much? Give
1: it give it to us. So I was like I was uh, telling Will before we we started recording this. There is a group of 90s kids out there that have just an obscene level of obscure Japanese media knowledge because of the, the 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 craze that went on. With adapting tokusatsu, which is for those of you that don't know, a form of Japanese media, um, it literally means special effect. That you know, if you things like um, Power Rangers, that's tokusatsu. Um, it didn't have much of a life in in America, but Common Rider is another big one oh, yeah. um, that ended up getting adapted uh, to Masked Rider in in the U.S. And so, so you have this whole lineage of stuff let alone getting into the kaiju side with you know Godzilla and stuff like that that when when uh, you know I was literally when in 93 I was literally the target audience for Power Rangers and I was hooked like that was that was my big geekdom growing up and so as a result of that I w- I found all of these other like IPs and different things like that, and I remember going to um, my aunt's house. She was the one with the with the deluxe cable package with all yes. of the bells and whistles and all of that kind of stuff. And there was this um, the like a Cartoon Channel that would show mm-hmm. old uh, Ultraman and stuff like that. And so I remember seeing that and and just eating it up. Now it's something that's old enough that you know, it, it, I, I fell more in love with it as time went on, like as the internet was more of a thing and it was easier to find media that was a bit more obscure and things like that. But it's something that, you know I, I, for me i love a good healthy dose of let me see the the wire strings right okay. like you look at, you look far enough <laughs> back in godzilla's history you look far enough back in ultraman's history stuff like that you're going to be able to find some form of media where you can see the strings moving the right. puppet or the the figurine or whatever and there's just something delightfully cheesy about Mm. engaging with something like that, let alone when you, you know, have those kinds of ties to it being like part of the family of superhero stuff that you're really a big fan of.
0: Sure. I I definitely connect with the delightfully cheesy aspect. Like Mm -hmm. that is, that is what brings me to this now in that same group chat. Joe is going off about these different 90s things of that he really likes. And I was like, you like giant monsters. I like giant monsters. I like Ultraman. Do you like Ultraman? And then out of nowhere, Pastor Will says, hey, if you're talking about Ultraman, I want in on this. And I was like, you're the last person, I thought. So, right. Will, why don't you throw yourself into this? Why Ultraman? Is it like the sci-fi thing? Because I know you're a sci-fi guy.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a combination of, everything so like throw everything in the mixing bowl and you get ultimately you get superheroes you get Godzilla you get monsters you get sci-fi it's kind of this genre is Japan's premier superhero genre coming out of the popularity of of Godzilla and so right. you get a kung fu aspect you get mm-hmm. judo you get monsters you get, get all this stuff and as being kind of one of the older hosts on the thing I'm a child of the 70s and 80s and so I remember coming home uh and and pulling up tbs and watching all like cartoons and different stuff and and a show as a kid i remember specifically was space giants i don't know if you guys are familiar space giants you can pull it up it's this weird japanese um show of this boy who has a magic whistle and he blows it and these space giants come in they turn into jets and and they're fighting big monsters and 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 I think Ultraman was also a part of that too. Like it either came before or after that show was on TV. Um, And I'd forgotten about these shows until I read Ready Player One. And I was reading the book and he just threw every pop culture reference you could ever think of into that book. And and he alludes to Ultraman and Space Giants in that book. And I was like, oh, I remember the show. So, of course, I went on a YouTube uh, deep dive (laughs) and found all these things. And I was like, cool. And then I remembered – that as a kid, um, for the summer, sometimes our school would give us like, um, movie passes, like go see a movie for a dollar. And my mom like dropped me off at the movie theater, gave me a pass for a dollar. And one of the movies was like an old Ultraman movie. Hmm. And I just remember thinking, how cool is this? Like, this is a, um, a superhero akin to say Shazam. We have a kid who, uh, says a magic word or does something, uh, magical and mystical and transforms into a hero that can fight the big giant that's threatening the whole city akin to Donald Blake, smashing hmm. the stick and becoming Thor. Um, you have this kind of childhood superhero fantasy: is I'm just a kid. I'm weak. How can I take on this big external threat? Well, I'd say this magic word and boom, I'm transformed into a powerful superhero that can save the world. And I, and I like Godzilla too. I grew up on the coast. So I would literally, as a kid have nightmares of like something coming out of the ocean. Oh my gosh. And like stomping on our neighborhood. And maybe I don't know which came first, the Godzilla movie or my imagination, and then seeing Godzilla. <laughs> um so so that whole genre of Japanese horror slash sci-fi leading down the road. And I love superheroes, so Ultraman was just an extension of of that. And over the years, kind of dabbled in a little bit. And I read the Marvel Run and okay. kind of get into um as well. So it's a it's a fun, it's a fun superhero niche for sure. Nice for me.
0: I, so how I get, how I fit into this episode, uh, I just have graduated from college. This is like 2015 or so. Um, My brothers, I have three younger brothers, high school, middle school age, the three of them. And every Friday night was just the four of us hanging out, watching ridiculous things on TV. If anybody... (laughs) go to SystematicEcology.org and let us know if you ever want reviews of the Boggy Creek Bigfoot movies, because I've seen a thousand of them. That was one of the Mm. things we would watch on Friday nights. And one of my brothers, I don't remember which one, was on YouTube and came across this. And all of the episodes of that 66 Ultraman run was at the time available on YouTube for free. I don't know if it still is or not. I didn't get a chance to look. And that's what we would do. Friday nights, we would put this on just for a good laugh. The work week is over. The school week is over. And we would hang out and watch these ridiculous shows together. And it was a lot of fun. (laughs) Who would like to take a crack at maybe, you know, like I said, there's a lot of different versions, a lot of different spinoffs. Who would like to take a crack at maybe giving us the gist? What is the basic plot line that's kind of running throughout all these different variations. I think, Will, you kind of hit on it a little bit. There's kind of this like Shazam, Donald Blake Thor type of transformation into a thing. A lot of Japanese monsters in it. Joe, do you want to maybe get this started a little bit for us?
1: Yeah. So Ultraman is actually um, the second major series in the ultra series. The first one being ultra Q. Um, I was trying to see if I could find when it, uh, 67 is when, is when it, it first started. And, um, this was when we were, this was during the time of Kaiju monster craze. Godzilla really created an entire, um, like subgenre of sci-fi and all of that. So this is a major um, that that's the major theme of this where, you know, you see these um, kind of a, kind of a monster of the week sort of thing. Um, Godzilla was actually a part of this series sporadically Hmm. for the name value. Um, And then spun off from there, you have Ultraman. Now, Ultraman is a combination of a human that uses an alien device to transform into Ultraman as the means to um, defend the Earth from different kaiju and things like that. And so this is where you have a lot of the creation of the, the villain of the week archetype Hmm. that that a lot of this can comes from this era of tv superhero sci-fi sort of things because it's the easiest way and on and actually fun facts part of where they were trying to go with Ultraman was a means to use like get additional use out of all of the miniatures that were made for the Godzilla films Um, That was part of why you see a lot of you know eagle-eyed kaiju fans can watch um, early days uh, Ultraman and be able to notice some of the same monsters get you know recreated sometimes with the same name sometimes without. But um, that's in in a nutshell. If you're going back to the original, now Mm there is a whole multiverse of Ultraman that they have established and they've done, they've done things with, and that's some of the coolest stuff as far as like, if you are a fan of multiple iterations of your favorite hero, all teaming together, all of that, absolutely check out the Ultraverse stuff. But if you're going back to the original, that's basically what you what you had was, you know, this uh, symbiotic relationship between um, human and alien by means uh, or, or in order to defend the earth, things like that. Um, they wanted to make they wanted to make him balanced. So if you notice the original design of Ultraman has a little gem looking thing in mm-hmm. uh, the middle of his chest. <laughs> it would blink to let him know that he was running out of time because he could only be Ultraman for three minutes. Um, the idea being that that three minutes would kind of resonate with um, Japanese fans as it was coming out. Your standard uh, uh, meal of rice took about, and uh, noodles took about three minutes to cook. Boxing mm-hmm. matches were about three minutes in mm-hmm. length, that sort of thing. And okay. um, it, you would commonly see the trope where he would, you know, it would be this long, you know, efforted battle and all of that. And then the thing would start blinking and then he'd kick it into high gear and mm-hmm. just start beating up on the on the monster. And, and from that point, you knew that the that the fight was over.
2: Yeah, creating that sense of urgency for the fans to look and see, yeah. like, oh no, here it goes. You have to, <laughs> you well, know, you guys just did a wrestling episode and you kind of like, yeah, you, you mix it up for a little bit, but man, you only can do it for so long. So, how are you going to re- you know, ramp this up a little bit? But But yeah, Kaiju meaning literally strange beast. What's the strange beast of the week? Mm. And coming out of Godzilla, you know, from the 50s, you have this, uh, you know, this national trauma of of the atom bomb mm-hmm. and destruction of a town, and so wrestling with nuclear fallout and destruction, and really work working out their their trauma from from World War II mm-hmm. uh, with Godzilla. Here you have like their mixture of genres. And here you, you mix sci-fi with with a superhero. And and another thing I like is you have this kind of like secret society, secret defenders, the United mm-hmm. Space Patrol, mm-hmm. who are really the ones, if the world only knew what they're protecting the world from, then everyone would lose their their sleep at night and not know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So they're the ones who are really behind the curtain defending Earth. And so somebody merges with this uh, mysterious warrior from the stars, uh, this outside help of of an alien to to help Earth defend against these crazy, strange beasts that are invading it. Yeah, and if I
0: yeah. if I remember right, that uh, super secret society they were scientists too, continuing to right. lean into that, like dealing with the uh, coping with the fallout from the. The atom bomb and also they all wore matching x-wing fighter uniforms at least in the original exactly. ultraman series it was that orange yeah. like the white it looked it looked uh-huh. like an x-wing uh-huh. fighter pilot outfit yeah i think yeah. it's also interesting to reflect on like this is what's going on in japan at the same time 1966 what is the hot thing here in america that's adam west dressed up as batman running around that's bruce mm-hmm. lee and Doing the Green Hornet that's lost in space. And in the meantime, in Japan, you've got these three minute wrestling matches with a space alien and a giant beast that (laughs) (laughs) that's also dealing with some like deeper issues. Like Will was saying of dealing with like this trauma from the nuke, the nuclear bombs.
1: It's interesting. Mm hmm. It's. Getting not to go too far down the down the Godzilla track of it all because that's a that's a conversation in and of itself. But that's why when you see these different eras of different, the different production companies that made these different mm-hmm. th- these different IPs because that's the thing, right? Like with Toho was the big one right. when it was first starting out, and they were also handling Godzilla and all of that. Um, some of the more famous stuff out of Godzilla's um, list of, of uh, movies and different things like that has came out of the, the Toho era, but you can see reflected where Japan is as a society with what is being showcased what aspect of the story is being showcased is godzilla a um a, a villain mm-hmm. or a hero um mm-hmm. are aliens good or bad are people good or bad that's part of why you saw such a big emphasis on the melding of outer space almost like you're looking for that hope outside of yourself sort of mm-hmm. idea and mutated creatures as a means of like no no we're going to sit in this in this the mm. the the fallout for from what has happened sort of thing and that's how you get a lot of the monster stuff that was displayed during this time. And it's really interesting. You bring up a good point, Brandon, because you you look at where America was and these kinds of things were almost a, a comedy bit. And sure, mm-hmm. you had the moments where, you know, um, the 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 character that that turns into Ultraman pulls out, goes to pull out his his uh, transformation device and has a spoon instead, like little slapstick yeah. comedy moments like that <clears throat> mm-hmm. that yeah sure we're a part of it but the storytelling the gravitas that they gave to it that you made they they made you they, they wanted you to feel something based off of the actions that were happening whereas mm-hmm. at that same token or at that same time rather in america it was it was the exact opposite in a lot of ways yeah. you weren't supposed this was supposed to be the let me up moment this is supposed to be the time that you like disengage and you might as well be watching something like Abbott and Costello or the three stooges hmm. or something along those lines. It's not that same kind of weighty. And I am absolutely certain that somewhere in that there is some Adam West Batman fan who's very, very mad at me right now. And that's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, I like Adam West Batman and I started it. So, and I like the green Hornet show never could really get yeah. into uh lost in space. You know, you got like carrots, Doing things on that show but uh
2: mm, mm. but no
0: i definitely I definitely agree with that so will you uh you mentioned earlier that you read the kyle Higgins ultraman run, right right mm-hmm. how was that I haven't read it
2: I thought it was good. they did a good job of of really tying it to the original. Story and origin story from the '60s, but also bringing up to modern day life, and and if, even if you're brand new and have know nothing about Ultraman, you could pick it up and read it, and they give you a history. There's a little mystery of who's who and what's going on, and are are United Space Patrol good or evil? Are you know? It's kind of like. Yeah you know, if you think that Ultraman is a deep cut and you're like, what does it have to do with anything? I guarantee you whatever fandom you're a part of Ultraman has had a part of it or part of that genre bled into it. So whether it's shield or whether mm-hmm. the eternals movie with the celestials and is our humans a problem or mold on a piece of bread or what's the problem of evil? Should we just destroy the earth? Should we not? Some of those themes of are is humanity a gift or an, or a nuisance. Um, all plays around with with these kind of sci fi tropes and, and genres. So Ultraman is the same, and that comic book does a good job. The art's super good. Hmm. Um, I didn't pick up the second volume just because I feel like I had my fill, and it was good, and I can only have so spend so much on my pull list. <laughs> um, but but I, yeah, if you want a good introduction before watching these shows or going into YouTube deep dive, it's a it's a good graphic novel and, and a lot of fun. Nice,
0: I like Kyle Higgins. Yeah, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I uh, he. <laughs> I'd like that Nightwing New Fifty Two run. I know n- not too many people will say I like something from the New Fifty Two era of DC, <laughs> but I did like that Nightwing run. He used he read, mm-hmm.
1: or he wrote. Joe, yeah. you like that Netflix series, right? <laughs> <laughs> I I did. I really did. I, I actually had no idea that that they were making um an Ultraman series and I I found it and I you know just I, by the time I found it, it was bingeable. I'm not sure if it was always bingeable, but I watched through yeah. the entire thing. I'll be honest, it was it was it is a little slow to start, but the way that they take into account everything that happened before and the way that they tie into the original series, I think is really awesome. If you're a fan of continued storytelling, it's, it's, in a lot of ways, it's they, they call it a, a reboot, but in a lot of ways it's a requel. It's a it's a reboot sequel where you're you are it's continuing on that original storyline by making the main character um the original Ultraman's um uh, son and continuing that on and, and you get to see, you know, what do what what does it look like if the Ultraman tech isn't is no longer necessarily a gift from an outside world but more of a government issued weapon hmm. for for defense against monsters and kaiju and things like that and that's not usually something that i'm super into when you when you make it about a government body or something along those lines but i think for ultraman you almost need to because the the defense force is is such a big part of the the they're basically a character unto themselves within mm-hmm. Ultraman. So being able to exercise those muscles a little bit and tell that story, I thought was pretty cool. Nice. All
0: right. Well, before we hopped on today, you said you had some questions for us, so I'm gonna I'm gonna open the floor to you. Did you have any questions still uh, regarding Ultraman or?
2: No, I mean, I guess I was gonna say if if somebody out there was gonna say, "All right, I want to go down this road. I don't have enough fandoms in my life. I'm gonna start going here. Where do I start? What do I get into?" I mentioned earlier, and and I was almost kicked off this recording that I was like, I I, I tried to watch the Netflix cartoon Ultraman, and and it didn't really hit me right. So they're like, <laughs> oh, well, how dare you?" No, no, but uh, you know, I think it's the animation style. Is the storytelling is slow? How much time do I want to invest? Um you know and and i guess uh you know i would love for them to do a huge brand new reboot T uh whether it's live action tv or a big movie for the theater over here kind of like that did with godzilla versus king kong mm. bringing ultraman but but for those out there who who wanted to jump in we already talked about the the marvel reboot mm. that was only a couple of years ago uh would be good but are there other Storylines, books, TV shows, YouTube channels, movie that can go to Amazon Prime and and download or or watch that you would suggest um, us to watch or consume.
0: Joe, you want to take a swing at that first, or
1: yeah? So outside of the um, outside of the Netflix series, that's probably the most accessible option mm-hmm. that one would have at their disposal, um, short of reading the comics um outside of that i would have to go with a one of the the tv shows called ultraman leo ultraman leo is um probably the best version that i can think of uh that has from a from a dramatic storytelling standpoint they Mm. they focus very heavily on character development and storytelling and things like that um Versus just making it about the aliens fighting kai- kaiju sort of thing. Okay. <laughs> so to me, I would say that that's probably that's probably the best option from a from a storytelling standpoint. And you can find that on uh, Crunchyroll. That's actually where you'd find oh. a lot of the the um, different iterations of uh, Ultraman would be on Crunchyroll.
2: Now, was there ever like a, a Godzilla Ultraman team up, like crossover, like uh, team up in the movies or shows and stuff? Did they, yeah,
1: in the original, did they hang out? They went out um, and had some sushi
2: together or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, in the original uh, series, Godzilla was was a part of it, and they fight oh, because okay, that cool. was still during the the time frame that Godzilla was um, a villain
2: okay so i'm gonna when i go home i'm gonna pull up youtube and say godzilla versus ultraman and see what comes up we'll see what happens yep. someone's got to have out there that maybe that is a money maker waiting to hand to happen at this point. yeah it's got to come on like yeah. a
0: Let's show a movie a comic a something like especially mm-hmm. now that they're doing that new series with uh godzilla and kong that new yeah. that newer yeah. run throw ultraman in there more month Let's run too anyway mm-hmm. um Moving on now into the more spiritual end of things. Yeah, you know, we're taking kind of a high level here, uh, not doing like a deep character dive or a specific show. So I was just taking some time to reflect on ultraman in general, and where do we see some themes that may connect to scripture? Mm. And I'll, I'll toss a couple that came my way. If you guys want to throw a couple out there as well, that's perfectly fine. Uh, a couple that came my way. You know, we have this it's a normal human who is indwelt by an alien species that equips him to be able to do something greater than himself and to go into a greater story, a greater battle that of himself as a normal human, he cannot. He can't do he can't fight these giant lobster creatures like he needs the thing that looks like a sonic screwdriver to transform him into full Ultraman. And to me, that sounds very similar to the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives as believers, that the the Holy Spirit, when we come to know Christ the Savior, indwells us and equips us for the ministry, whatever ministry he has us in, you, any believer has a ministry field. We're all part of the harvest and the Holy Spirit, he equips us with gifts and talents and ability to be a part of this greater story of the kingdom of God. The other one, and then I'll let you guys jump in on this. The other one that stood out to me and it's kind of the uh, thread that you can pull throughout all of the Kaiju, Godzilla, everything is this idea of, reflecting on the reality of the nuclear bomb that destroyed so much this thread of nuclear waste nuclear destruction pollution in general is a common thread i think that's part of what runs down ultraman's ability when the jewel starts lighting up it's because of the earth's pollution like wears down his ability and within recent years you know, scripture teaches that we are to, you know, have dominion over the earth. But God's word also talks about being good stewards of what is given to us. And mm. I really think this giant blue marble that we live on, like, I think Christians should be concerned about the environment, about pollution. I'm not a tree hugger before everyone starts throwing stones at me. But I do think we live in a reality where this is part of what we should be good stewards of and battle, you know, we represent Jesus by taking care of the earth. So the, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, if there's anything this pandemic has revealed is how interconnected everybody is, uh, from relational from from humans to the environment, and and what that means to one another. And as someone who grew up on the beach, I'm not a tree hugger, but I'm a I'm definitely an ocean hugger, and I don't <laughs> want the waves that I surf on uh, to be polluted in in any kind of way or prohibit me playing in the ocean and and that kind of water source of source of life. So, so yeah, and I think you're onto that. Um, Walter Brueggemann, the Old Testament professor, talked about how the Old Testament is is just a series of call stories. Uh, mm-hmm. That even creation itself um, is being called into existence by by the Word of God. That Adam and Eve are called to be good stewards. Of, of creation. And then you have the call of of Abraham, the call of Moses, and the, just this series of call stories of the, this external threat of chaos, Leviathan, whatever you want to call it, hmm. a strange beast of chaos that's trying to derail what God is trying to do in creation, that human beings are called to be um, co-creators. We're creating the image of God, co-creators, co-redeemers, that we're empowered with gifts so that we can take care of creation and and heal it. So, so you have these call stories. So when I was thinking about Ultraman, I immediately thought of, of David and Goliath. You have this external threat, this larger than life giant who's coming in and small David has his gifts and whether it's just a slingshot defends um, his people and then you have Moses up against Pharaoh uh, taking down this person who literally claims to be divine and Moses is like nope let me show you who who the real God is and then ultimately you have Jesus stand up against the Kaiju of, of death and so defeats defeats death and and turns the table and, and changes the narrative when it comes to that so what is our call story? What, we don't all have to be preachers, we don't have mm-hmm. to teach Sunday school but, but we have gifts in this world so what is, what are the external threat or the beast or the kaiju that we bump up against that we can resist against, whether it's systemic racism, whether it's mm-hmm. a, uh, taking care of the world, whether it's um, toxicity within a family or in our own faith community, what kaiju are we bumping up against and what gifts have we been given uh, to, to use to, to fight that? And hopefully we have longer than three minutes uh, to right. fight uh, those things. <laughs> yeah.
1: I want you to understand well that was the first time that I have ever heard somebody make a kaiju joke about in reference to scripture. That was that was fantastic. There you go. That was. Um, <laughs> so without without going into the the philosophy of it all, um I fundamentally believe that humans inherently understand and so, uh, on on a very deep level that there is something outside of us. I think too often you see people desiring something external to themselves to bring them satisfaction or joy or peace or whatever the case, strength, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you, you look at something like Ultraman and it is – Any of these kind of, and especially one like this, that's so beat for beat indwelt by something outside of yourself that brings you strength and all of those Mm -hmm. kinds of things that you realize that this is a manifestation of humans' desire to have something outside of themselves dictating the pace or dictating the, the, you know, how effective you are and strength and all of those kinds of things. Um, I, I think as humanity and especially as, as a broken um, species, you know, with, with inherent set nature and all of that, that we have that, 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 that the, our, our barometer, no, even if it's even if it's still, if even if we're still self-centered and on the self, I think at some level we do understand that there is strength outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. That you know, and, and a lot of time that that can get manifested in some in some weird ways and and some unhealthy ways and all of those kinds of things. But yeah. to me, when I see something like this, um, it is just a a very beat for beat representation of that, that idea brought to life.
0: Nice. That was good, guys. Anyone else want to chime in on this one? All right, well, then let's start wrapping it up. All right. So we have technically done a bunch of recommendations already, but either related to Ultraman or otherwise, guys, is there anything you would like to recommend to our audience today?
2: Yeah, I mentioned um, in, in a podcast earlier, reading a sci-fi book called The Three-Body Problem. It's by a Chinese author. Um, it's been reckoned with my work in faith and science here at our church and with students and stuff. People recommend it because it did it, big deep dive into quantum physics and uh, the standard model. And it, it, it gets really deep into those things. Uh, but as we're talking about Ultraman, as he's writing, there is this kind of secret society of scientists going on in that book and being an author from, from Asia, from China. I'm like, man, I wonder if he's pulling from this kind of like United space patrol, mm-hmm. science patrol, something like that. It was like, there's something he's alluding to. So, so this podcast talking this out, made me go, ah, I see what they're doing there. There's another kind of secret science society just trying to figure out what's going on on the quantum level of the fabric of the universe. And, right. um, as I'm reading this book, it's like, why is this not a movie yet? And so I Googled it and there was like, Oh, coming to Netflix in 2023, of course, uh, episodic. Uh, and I was like, okay, cool. So I'm glad I'm reading the book and I'm glad eventually it'll be a show where I can see what I missed or what I misunderstood, or uh, hopefully I'll like it and they'll do a good job with the source material. But um, I'm, am geeking out hard on that and love along with my regular comic book pulls and <laughs> TV shows I'm watching. That's been a fun sci-fi book. Uh, that's really kind of stretching me and challenging me on, and looking up terms and trying to figure out uh what's going on in the world. <laughs> what was the name of the book one more time? Uh the three body problem. Three body problem. All right, cool. Joe, how about you?
1: Um I have been um I've been going into some of the classic storylines for Daredevil. Um, There's a YouTube channel called Matt Draper. He does um, summaries of different pieces and things like that, different storylines, all of that kind of stuff. And with um, everybody being so excited over Daredevil showing up in No Way Home, I, I... we always you know he was fine a fine character and all of that kind of stuff but I didn't have any like actual connection to like reading any of his stuff or anything like that he was more of a guy that showed up in other things that I watched okay. and right. and I'll tell you there are some we, we could do whole conversations about the religious and philosophical implications of some of the moral quandaries found in some of Daredevil's stuff so um, there's all sorts of runs out there and and really strong mm-hmm. stuff. But also, if you're looking for a good starting point, look up that YouTube channel. It's a good, a good place to start. Nice. Nice. For me,
0: I, I have completely out of left field, my recommendation for this one. Uh, I've been going hard on a podcast right now called Mixtape Theology. Do you, have either one of you heard of this one? So Ooh. it is um, 90s christian pop culture and every episode of the podcast focuses on a different 90s ccm song and it's a little devotional like most of these episodes are like 10 minutes tops um they've done steven Curtis chapman songs the newest episode was on kirk franklin's song stomp uh and their social media is like all things just like 90s geek 90s Christian culture memes is all of that their social media is. So <laughs> it definitely gets a nostalgia. Joe, I don't know. You might get a kick out
1: of it. Um, so oh, it I'm literally gets- looking it up as we speak. That sounds like that is exactly <laughs> my alley. Yeah. Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. they're pretty good. I think they've been around a
0: little longer than us. So they're pretty new as well. All right. Well, just in case anybody wants to listen to us, talk about things. That's not Ultraman, man. Will, where can people find you?
2: Oh, I'm on social media like Instagram and Facebook and around those different spaces. And uh, yeah, hit me up. I'm also through the Systematic Ecology website. If there's a topic or something you want us to talk about, uh, Systematic Ecology is on Twitter as well. We like to kind of share things and share the things we're geeking out on and you know, DM us and, and let us know if you have a thought or a hot take or something you want to talk about.
0: Thank you for plugging the Twitter, because I don't know if we actually have plugged the Twitter on an episode yet. So it's at Systematic Geek, right? Is that the handle? I think so. Yeah, I don't think it's Geekology. I think it's just Geek. Joe, where can people find you?
1: Um, you can find me, uh, on all of the socials, Facebook and all of that kind of stuff at, um, buddy walk with Jesus and see other show that I co-host, um, and you can also find me, um, tooling around in the, um, I, I tend to stay in the in the Facebook world of systematic ecologies, environment and all of that kind of stuff. So a lot of times if you reach out on there, I'll be one of the people that you'll either hear back from or, you know, interact with that kind of thing. Nice. And again, I'm
0: Brandon and you can find me on Instagram at just Brandon K or on Twitter if you really want to. Just underscore Brandon K. I also have my own podcast, My Seminary Life, which you can find on the, the the platforms. Just look it up. And it's on Facebook and Instagram at My Seminary Life Pod. And Joe and I are hosts over at the live show Kingdom on the Road, which is on Saturday nights on Facebook. I wish I could be there more, but Joe's always there because it's his gig. But I show up on occasion. So come check us out over there. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about something else. That's how organized we are here. Josh is is going to hate me for that joke. But most importantly, never forget that we are all a chosen priesthood, a geekdom of priests.